Remember the isolation of 2020 before we had COVID-19 vaccines and we were all stuck at home? Well, hundreds of thousands of sailors are still stuck in this reality, except worse. They're marooned on cargo ships around the world with few chances to contact the outside and paltry pay. And they can't go on shore in the United States. They're forcibly isolated in a situation that's so 2021. No vaccination? You ain't going nowhere. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Tuesday, October 26, 2021. Today, we once again go to the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, the largest in the United States. In addition to a huge backlog of cargo ships, there's also its human element, men who have spent months at sea and who are having a hard time getting on shore. This is the first key step toward moving our entire freight, transportation, and logistical supply chain nationwide to a 24-7 system. The commitments being made today are a sign of major progress in moving goods from manufacturers to a store or to your front door. The Biden administration recently announced that it's going to open up the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the point is to lessen that backlog that's been affecting the American economy, the supply chain. As ships slowly start getting unloaded, the sailors on board hope they'll be able to get back to some semblance of normal life. Some time on shore, a COVID-19 vaccine, a trip back home, and then they'll go back at it again. LA Times business reporter Ron White spoke to some of them and the people trying to help these sailors out. Ron, welcome to The Times. Thank you for having me. Remind us of what's going on at the ports. How busy are they right now? How did they get so backed up? And what's the situation that people there have to deal with? Well, I had hoped that we were beginning to see uh, knocking down the number of ships that have been waiting at port, and it's actually come back up. Yeah, the Marine Exchange of Southern California said 163 total ships were in port at L.A. and Long Beach as of Friday, and 106 of those are container ships. And if you look at the size of these things, if you get one in there, that's like one of the biggest. And you only were to offload that onto one train, it would be a 44 mile long train. It's just sort of absurd, the amount of cargo that we're talking about here. And they are about to go to 24 hour operations, which should help. But there are all these additional things and new things that keep piling on. There's an electrical power crisis in China, and they're having to shut down factories. When they have to shut down factories, that is the start of the supply chain for most of our imports. And that's what slows it down immediately. And there's problems with the railroads and there's also problems with a number of truck drivers. There's a big shortage of those, not enough warehouse workers. So it's a major problem and it's got many facets. And then you have the sailors right there at the port, kind of stuck in a limbo. In fact, a preacher you talked to said, they're kind of like in an open jail. Yeah, I spoke with Samson Chauhan, He's a member of the Lutheran Maritime Ministries. They go on board ships to give sailors spiritual and religious help, which is a big deal for a lot of nationalities. And he said it really is like a prison. They cannot get off. The main hardship is that they cannot step out of the vessel. So it is like an open jail. That is their main concern. And because they are stuck in the vessel, they cannot get the supplies which they normally get from uh, local outlets. Uh, That's where we all come in picture too. So if they give us the list, we buy things for them. In one respect, it's kind of like a bubble for them because they'll know in a week if one of their crew members has got COVID. 
If they don't, they at least know that they're safe on their bubble. But anytime a new crew member comes on, there's that fear. They're not allowed off. They usually carry enough entertainment for what they think the cruise is going to be, which is probably three weeks or a month. One of our sailors, a 24-year-old named Alia, he'd been on the ship 15 months and had not been able to get off. And it's a kind of a catch-22. They can't get off because they can't get vaccinated. And for the most part, the only way they're going to get vaccinated is if they come off the ship. So it's a real problem. The nice thing is that the Port of Long Beach and its Department of Health and Human Services has begun to go on board and actually donate and give vaccines for free. They've done about 7,700 people so far, but we're talking about 300,000 seafarers. So it's a drop in the bucket. And then the second uh, concern they have is due to a pandemic, many countries are shut. And the U.S. and L.A. is one of the few ports where at least they can breathe. So uh, their concern is that, you know, they are not able to uh, communicate with their families also. And because of the pandemic, the hiring agencies, they are afraid to hire people from back home, various countries, fearing that they might have Corona. Mm -hmm. So the existing crew on the vessel, they are stuck for longer time, much longer than their contract. Let's say their contract is three, four months, then they are, they are there for 11 months. And when they say there's no communications on the ships for the sailors, they mean it. No satellite communications, one bit out in the open sea, which means no internet connections. And when they're near ports, well, ports don't have any super Wi-Fi connections for the sailors to log on. And cell phone service is pretty spotty out there, whether you're next to the port or out in like the middle of the Pacific. And because many of the sailors have been out on the ocean since before there were vaccines, they can't go on shore to even get the vaccine. So they're stuck in this limbo, this catch-22. That's right. The surge in import buying, when we were just so sick of being at home and wanted to do something, we just started buying. And that started last summer. Summer 2020, yeah. Vaccines sort of started to get widely available here about a year later in March and April. So again, there was no possibility of getting that. And for some reason, they can't get vaccinated in their home countries. They were unable to do that before they boarded the ship. None of the shipping lines seems to think that this is a big deal or important. They're not doing it. And again, there's like maybe two or three ports. There's one in Florida that's also doing it. But otherwise, they just don't really seem to care. We'll be back after this break. Ron, as you mentioned in your story, sailors' lives are already stressful enough. You're in the ocean for months at a time, and then you have something like a pandemic, it makes it even worse. A lot of sailors you talk to, they've talked about having suicidal thoughts, and there's even been instances of violence. So what are these sailors doing to cope with their forced isolation? Most of the time, if they're actually on at dock, they can have access to Wi-Fi. It's spotty at a lot of ports because you've got a lot of containers around, a lot of metal and so you will have situations in where you just can't get through. But when they can, they'll do a WhatsApp video call with their friends and family. They'll do a FaceTime. And that's largely it. Their entertainment, if they've only brought enough for a month, and it's 15 months, as one guy put it, he thinks he's seen the John Wick movie more times than anybody else on the planet. <laughs> Another guy watched an entire Indonesian soap opera that was about 137 episodes. 
they are supposed to have some athletic facilities, at least a stationary bike or something to work out. But largely, they're sort of left to their own devices. And it's a, it's a tough existence. They really don't make very much money either. What's a typical day like for them right now? The problem for them is that these crews, I like to refer to this as a race to the bottom, which is what international shipping is. It's who can send the most cargo the fastest at the lowest possible cost. So uh, these crews, believe it or not, we're talking about a ship that's about the size of the Wilshire building downtown. Okay, at least in terms of length sometimes. Damn, that's long. That's like, uh, what is it, over a thousand feet. That's right. They are no more than half a dozen crew members. And so that when you're off your main duty, you just have to go to your secondary duty or your tertiary duty. There's really not that much time off. So what types of things are you doing when you're on the ship? What's your duty? I'm quartermaster or able seaman and uh I'm a watch tender. If you're a watch tender, you know, you, you steer the ship. You, a watch tender. Yeah. <clears throat> so actually- but if you're a dayman, there's also a able seaman that is dayman. So there's two, dayman and watch tender. So after you're, you you stand and watch, you, you, if there's a, you know, a order or you can do overtime. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go back to your room and sleep. There's really not a lot of time to sleep. And because the crews are so small, if you're not feeling well, it doesn't matter. You still have to work because there's nobody literally to spell you and say, okay, I can take your shift today because they have two or three jobs to do. So it's a very difficult day. Yeah, even if you're docked off on the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles, well, you still have a job to do. So you're isolated. You have this job to do. You could see the shore with your own eyes. (laughs) And it's just you're like so close yet so far. Generally speaking, if you go back to like 2019, some of the security restrictions had begun to be eased. They were able to get off the ships. They were able to go to places like I wrote about, like the International Seafarer Center. Almost every port in the United States has one of those. That's kind of like a clubhouse slash USO thing. You get free Wi-Fi, movies, you get camaraderie. You're meeting a lot of other seamen from other countries. And that is something they can't do right now because they simply can't leave the ship. And I can't imagine what that's like to be stuck on something. I mean, we're stuck in our homes for much of 2020, but we can have free delivery. We can get groceries. We can get gourmet food delivered. We have Netflix. We have streaming possibilities that are endless. They don't have any of that. And so if you want to try to imagine that, try to imagine not having any of those things in addition to being locked down at home. And you might have a sense of what they're going through. Port cities, of course, have their own culture and tradition. And you mentioned one of the parts, this International Seafarers Association, like a clubhouse. And you went down there and talked to some of these sailors. Describe specifically what that clubhouse does and then talk about some of the sailor stories that they told you. Seafarers Center has been there for several decades. It's like I said, it's like a clubhouse or somebody uh, once described it as like a USO. It's a place where you can bunk there now. They've really actually refurbished the place. There's a pool table. The Wi-Fi is really good. The uh, entertainment there is fine. They've got a gym. They've got a kitchen where they can cook. I spoke with two American seafarers. One of them was Hernan Amar. He's from the Philippines originally. What's it like being able to come here to this seafarer center right here? Oh, it's good because uh, uh, my colleagues come here. Then, when especially when they get up from the ship, then go for vacation to the Philippines, then we meet again here. It's just like rotation. That is good there. And when you're here, what are you mainly doing? 
karaoke. <laughs> karaoke sometimes. Oh we have my. karaoke here. We karaoke sometimes. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. Billiard. And the irony of it is that they actually improved it just as this surge was coming on. And so none of the seafarers have been able to get off the ship to go there and just have some R&R, some relaxation. The only seafarers that are there, and this is the big distinction, they are American seafarers. Mm. And American seafarers, life for them is completely different. They go on American flagships. They are all vaccinated. They are all protected by unions. And I talked to a couple of 65-year-old guys <laughs> who don't want to retire because for them, it's a great life. The salary is much higher. They get to go home at night when they're back off the ship. They're not subjected to these incredibly long voyages. They go for about 36 weeks tops, some of them just three months. And so it's fairly simple for them. So when was the last time you were home? Uh, two years ago. Yeah, me and my son. Two years ago? Yeah. It's been that long. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that a little bit. I mean, you must miss him quite a bit, right? Uh, not really. My my uh, <laughs> married over here, and uh, I got I got my kids here. Okay. So uh, if they, you know, sometimes uh, if uh, I get off the ship and it's there off to school, then they can go with me. Finally, do the sailors that you talk to do they expect their situation to improve anytime soon? The really sort of scary thing about this is that when you do get aboard a ship, if you're able to, and you do talk to them you have to go through what they call boat face. These guys are so desperate for this type of work. And we're talking about work that pays, like the the fellow Alia, he was making $460 a month. That's just not very much money. But for them, this is a lifesaver. And so they do not complain. The first things out of their mouth is everything's fine. Everything's fine, sir. They're calling you, sir, even though you're not an officer or anything like that. And so, first of all, you have to get through that. And then secondly, they aren't going to care if it improves because this is what their livelihood is. Most of them are sending all their money back home. One of the crew members said, I don't mind not being able to get off the ship because it means I'm not spending any of the money and I'm going to be sending home to my family. But no, they do not see improvement and they're not going to care. These are jobs they need to have. And if conditions don't improve, they're still going to do it. It's their only option. Yeah, they can't afford to care, in other words. Yes. Ron, thank you so much for this interview. You're welcome. Thank you, Gustavo. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the L.A. Times. Tomorrow, a fatal on-set accident involving Alec Baldwin shocks Hollywood. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Melissa Kaplan, and Ashley Brown. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb. And our theme music is by Andrew Eatman. Special thanks to Alan Zarembo. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us the Puccia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news on this matter. Gracias.